as we consider the teachings on the Buddha's words on loving kindness, set them. So there's uh, noticing that actually much of these uh, sutta, there's not much mention <laughs> of loving kindness. <laughs> it starts with being uh, skilled in goodness, able, upright, straightforward, gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented, easily satisfied, unburdened with duties. <laughs> so, and uh, having shaped, cultivated, um, cultivated what is skillful, it seems that kind of this cultivation settles with citta. Yeah. It's not, it knows we, we know where we are. We know we're in ethical sensitivity. We've got a, a centre, an orientation. Yeah. Uh, and there's a sense of, um, you know, there's a certain empowerment that comes with that. Because you don't really necessarily know much about computer science or economics. You know how to be a good person, <laughs> which in the long run is probably better. And that's you know if we want to realize to to uh, get you know to progress in this life, yeah, we all have to have uh, maybe a job of some kind and learn some skills in order to exercise our minds and uh, you know gain livelihood. But we didn't come here to work; we came here to live <laughs> and live straight. And that itself is is a discipline and a training and a cultivation that is a priority, as we can see. Uh, certainly the human beings have enormous amount of uh, um, material welfare, you know, in terms of our ability to really control or seemingly nearly control the planet. Planet's fighting back, of course, <laughs> nature crashing everything up. But still, we've been a very successful species in many, ter- in many ways. The only thing we haven't succeeded with is living with each other. <laughs> Which is kind of like, ah, not, not a small detail. <laughs> Fighting, <laughs> bombing, <laughs> hating, defending... <laughs> globally and even domestically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, why is it so difficult? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not that difficult, but we have to have a, 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 like a finding balance. You have to really, what is the true line that will hold everything together? And it, eventually it's not going to be money or power or status they don't do it because you have to grip them and hold on to them. Yeah. You want something that actually holds you upright. Yeah. This is the ethical sense. Yeah. Sensitivity, concern. And a sense of firmness that comes with that. See, so making that quality of careful attention, recognizing cause and effect, recognizing... You know, how do things, 
How do we lose balance? We must have lost balance thousands of times. Spilling over into this or that, saying something stupid, reckless, retort we didn't wish we hadn't said or causes problems, impulsiveness, compulsiveness. Um, how do we, you know, not being fully aware, how do we lose that? Yeah. Because the jitta is not properly centered. <laughs> yeah. And when it's not properly centered, uh, it starts to seek its stability or its comfort outside its own domain. Mm. It seeks it in, in sense consciousness, that which we can, it can touch or be stimulated by in terms of sights, sounds and thoughts. And how does this occur? Actually the chitta is not fundamentally bonded to the sensory world, it's actually not bonded to it. It may seem that way because there's a lot of grasping, and gripping, holding on to it. But if you relax and release it, so, you know, what you have to do is close your eyes and relax and release the sensory world kind of disappears. Uh, <laughs> so left, what you're left with basically is, is the the input of your thinking mind, of course, and the disturbances of the chitta, the emotional disturbances. Uh, and when this, uh, the input then coming from the thinking mind, it, what it does is it fashions perceptions. Perceptions means memories, meanings, interpretations. These are, and, they, and it drops into the chitta, and the chitta is stimulated. Oh. Worried, or moved, excited, so it trembles like this. And of course, we have these perceptions, meanings in order to to navigate in the sensory world. We want to know what things mean, what a car is, you know, what somebody's name, the date, the time, the place. We need to, so we have to develop all these perceptions. Oh, this is one of those, that's one of that. It means turn left, this means go straight ahead, that number means slow down or go fast. This squiggle on a, on a board means, a word means a meaning. So we have all this kind of interpretation going on uh, that we navigate with. And that's okay. I mean, that's how it is. But what comes in with it is not just pure navigation also there comes into it a certain sense of you need this you shouldn't have that you want more of this this is really good <laughs> you get these kind of whispers in the perceptions this is really attractive this is lovely this will make you happy you get these kind of not just pure information but undertones yeah, and the chitta is is uh, excited by those, moved by those. So it's not just information; it's also a certain amount of propaganda goes on. <laughs> yeah. This is what it, if you want to be a good person, you need to be like this. If you want people to like you, you should do this. 
these kind of emotional messages drift in in terms of perceptions and they're so moving we don't necessarily check them out wait a minute yeah. so we get oriented to these signals yeah. the signals that come in like this is, this is interesting, this is attractive, this is tasty this will make you comfortable and happy this is what everybody else is doing, this is the way to success all these kind of glowing uh, sannyas come in and these are called um, <laughs> uh, pollutions <laughs> in Buddhism uh, or distortions you know, like advertising slogans you can see all advertising slogans are distor- distortions aren't they you know, they're not pure information, they're always something fantastic, glamorous, happy, exciting in them. You know, how exciting is a phone, really? It's just functional unit. But so these vipalasas, they're called, they come in. What they're saying is that which is actually impermanent is permanent. <laughs> that which is transient, such as sight, sound, touch, praise, blame, Success, failure, health, things that are actually impermanent. It's saying that you can have these as permanent. You can be permanently healthy, permanently strong, live forever, die laughing. <laughs> You're so happy <laughs> in comfort when you want. You know, you know so this is, a, this is good making that which is actually impermanent and changeable and uncertain, making it seem certain. And we kind of, oh yeah, something in us irrationally, you know, we know actually in one way, but irrationally we're moved by that. Yeah. And things that are innately inconclusive, unsatisfactory. Yeah. doesn't mean they're necessarily painful some things are painful some little things are they just don't really take you to that place of satisfaction it means go a little way and then buy another one <laughs> it's pretty nice but you'll soon get bored with it <laughs> it's okay but you know the, the sense of satisfaction is not obtainable in this yeah and yet, you see, in advertising, we guarantee complete satisfaction. If you buy this product, it's complete satisfaction. Uh, that's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> because, you know, there's nothing particularly bad about it. It's just that it can't satisfy you. You know, you have it for a while and then mind want something else. This is another vipalasa. Taking that which is innately unsatisfactory as being satisfactory. And, the, and also the message comes, you know, if you're not satisfied, there must be something wrong with you. <laughs> you're not trying hard enough. You know, if you wear these clothes, you'll be happy. If you're not, there's something wrong with you. You need to get your mind examined. <laughs> If you say things are changeable and impermanent, don't be so miserable. <laughs> Cheer up. 
and just being honest. Not complaining. Yeah. Another sign is there's an assumption you can own something. Something can be called mine. You'll have it. It'll be mine. And is there anything that really is belongs to you? You know? Doesn't it just break up, change, move on? It came from somewhere else. If it came from outside you, that's where it's going to go to. <laughs> you know, you rent something, you loan something. Something can pass through you for sure, but you can't own anything. You can't take the earth with you. Yeah. Even this very body, which we kind of almost assume we own, or is myself or mine, all kinds of things inside it you don't know anything about. He didn't create, and they would probably start changing and breaking down. And as you get older, bits of it fall off, <laughs> wear out, the tissues wear out. Yeah. So, is it my body? Is it me? If I take this body and I say, Okay, this is me, yeah, that's him, all right. Let's take a finger off. Is that still me? Oh, yeah, that's him. How about if I take the hand off? Oh, yeah, that's still him. How about take the arm off? Yeah. And the other arm. Yep, how about... <laughs> so, if... <laughs> how about take the legs off? Yeah, it's still there. <laughs> Something's still there. So, if I could be just as much me without my legs or arms or hands, how can I consider them to be mine? Because if they were mine and they disappeared... Bit of, I would be missing, wouldn't I? Hmm. Yeah. So if it was your hair and you shaved it off, like I do, does it mean there's less of you? No, I'm fully here. It's just some hair's gone. So the hair was never you, was it? It was never you or yours. Similarly, the whole body is like that. Yeah. And eventually you just come down to, well, what's really him is the expression on the face. Have you ever seen a dead body? Look at that. Who's that? Hmm. Is it somebody? Nobody? Hmm. Interesting transition. You see the features changing and the sense of that being a person. From being a person becomes sort of a corpse and then becomes just shape and uh, something like that so if this body isn't me or mine and this building's not me or mine this country's not me or mine what is ownership about we say well the nearest you can get to it is karma <laughs> you know my karma well actually the truth of the matter is that karma isn't mine you, know, you didn't it creates you you know, there is the movements of your mind the movements of the mind which can be stimulated by sights and sounds thoughts 
can stimulate through perception, can stimulate those movements. And everybody has those movements, pleasure, displeasure, attraction, aversion, holding on, letting go, fighting, resolving. Everybody has that, it's all quite common. There's nothing me about it, it's universal. So really the, the me bit comes when there's a grasping at certain qualities and sticking to them. That's, that's my opinion. That's my way. That's my right. Yeah, and I'm really going to do this. And, yeah. So we come down to all that's me and mine is just this grasping. <laughs> and... Uh, the rest of it's just illusions. But if you contemplate and meditate, you can even get past that. You can see there is such a thing as grasping. And when there is grasping occurs, the sense of me comes with it. But the grasping occurs before the sense of me. There's just some oh, that's nice, oh, I want one, and then, ah, you know, gripping. So we can observe grasping, or something can notice holding on, being attracted, gripping, taking a stand, holding on, something can, can witness that happening. So what is it that can witness this process of identification? Is that me? Does it have to be me? Can it not be just citta? Awareness. Citta in its its open, aware state. Noticing attachment feels like this, desire is like this, aversion is like this. And say, well, actually, this is something definitely, when you come to that, you you can't go beyond that. That's not a, there's no kind of pressure in there. That comes when you're really in, your mo, in the most released and comfortable and straight state. This arises and passes. These phenomena come and go. Yeah. They're not me and mine, but they create me and mine when there's a grasping at them. These are phenomena, memories, thoughts, Impressions, emotions, moving through. Yeah. So these vipalasas, seeing self which is, when it's not self. And these are called disenchantment or clearing the fantasies. Uh, and it's uh, <laughs> the beauty of it is, of course, is the quality of peace that begins to be sensed becomes very stable, uncomfortable, and reliable. Very reliable, stable, comfortable, emotionally calming composing, 
clarifying. Begin to see this is really hmm, source of beauty and strength. Then we begin to see what the world calls beautiful is just dazzle, dazzle and glitter. Mm, What's really beautiful is serenity, purity, openness of heart, jitter released, feels beautiful. It's also competent, because when there is this uh, understanding and recognition, then jitter is properly placed in truth. It's not biased, it's not prejudiced. It doesn't have to prove anything. You don't have to convince anybody. We don't have to keep believing it. It just stands up for itself. It's just plain truth. Right? Right? And so there's something, because it just stands by itself, there's no pressure, and there's no trying to make this, trying to believe in it. It's just that, you know, when, when you recognize you're not, when that kind of touching into the truth, there's an emotional state of stability. This is, has its powerful effects. Because it may seem like all I'm saying is not, 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 not permanent, not satisfactory, not self, not beautiful. So, well, this is a real misery, isn't it? Not, 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 not. <laughs> but it's like what we're doing is pushing away the fantasy. <laughs> and people, oh, I like a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Well, dream on, you know, but <laughs> sooner or later, you know, you... You pay the price of fantasy because the jitter is completely unstable. It's chasing dreams and not finding satisfaction and getting reckless and compulsive and greedy and grasping and jealous and deprived and haven't got as much as I should have and I'm not a very successful person. It goes into this depression, which we recognize in, in this hour in our world, it is depression, feeling of inadequacy, anxiety, loneliness. These are the strongest um, social issues you know, of the day. I say depression kills more people than cancer because they just get fed up, can't be bothered, sad, and do crazy things kill themselves. You know, human beings are the only creatures that kill themselves. And there's a good proportion of that. And generally the rate climbs, goes up. And this is not because people aren't to kill themselves because they're in physical discomfort. (laughs) They're not killing themselves because they're, they're impoverished and starving. They're killing themselves because they have no orientation in life. There's no point in being here. There's no meaning. They're, they're basically the jitter has died. 
just gave up. You know? So, you know, like if <laughs> the idea of like depression 150 years ago, just what are you talking about? <laughs> now, because of the increasing emphasis on consumerism and materialism and getting more and you know, so forth and the pressure and the escalation and the push of it, it's the energies of the chitta are completely used up in terms of chasing these dreams. It's got no energy left. So, you know, people switch off their whatever, there's nothing left. They just feel chitta, physically they're there, but chitta has just got nothing in it because it hasn't been given the right food and the right environment. Yeah. And the food is really qualities, integrity, upright, straightforward, careful, gentle in speech. These are all the signs of the healthy jitta moderating eh, in this world. Yeah. And then as, as, as the sutta makes clear when it's like this. Yeah. Naturally, naturally all, you, all, all that is required to do is just open up to other people. Think, oh, naturally the jitta then naturally may they be well. Well, why not? It becomes just a natural expression of the fullness of the heart. Why, why, why wish for anything else? You know, we're not competing, we're not jealous, we're not frightened. So may they be well. It's quite a natural process. Comes from that deep stability, deep orientation to what's skillful. The jitta is set up right. And then it just does what it should do. And the jitta in this interpersonal ter- territory, when, we're in, in, when the jitta is focusing in terms of the interpersonal experience, other beings, its expression is one of goodwill. And then we call it heart, good heart. And this quality of good heart, metta, karuna, depending. Metta is the natural quality of good heart. Karuna is when we sense something, some, something painful. And then rather than stop, no, don't get run away from it, it just moves towards it. How can, I, how can I help? What's needed here? It moves that way. It wants to open and meet that which is distressed or deprived, starving, uncomfortable. And, and this may be you know, in yourself or in others. So it's a holistic experience. It's not just here I am and there you are. It's just the whole realm. Because the, the jitter doesn't really get this bit about separate entities. That's, that's the sense consciousness does that. Right? Jitta doesn't do that. It just feels happy, comfortable, worried. Yeah. And then the rest of it is all the interpretations. But the initial mood 
of goodwill is not me or you, it's just goodwill. And then, you know, if you're developing that, you can actually introduce people into that, like sister so-and-so or cousin or uncle or people who are dead, you can bring them in to that. So you you can particularly uh, place people in that. Or even aspects of yourself. This is really helpful because this way we help to clean, clean, resolve the karma that occurs in this relational realm where there's definitely there's a lot of action interaction, and a good number of people carry a certain amount of regret. and uh, negative impressions from the past. Either that which has been done to them, they feel hurt, uh, dismissed, dominated, not looked after, or hurt they've done to others. You know, I I wasn't as gracious as I could have been. I could have been other than this, I, you know. That was cheap. That was that was unpleasant. That was spiteful. Okay, so we have these kind of residual qualities lurk in the chitta. Chitta's still got this unresolved karma. That's the territory it dwells in. And you can run around the planet from Sydney to New York and back again, and you won't get away from this. <laughs> you know, you can eat. And drink, scuba dive, whatever, and you won't get away from this. <laughs> yeah. So the why that's how you see that because the chitta doesn't it's not involved with the sensory world. This is just the passing thing that kind of taps and rattles around on it. Chitta's involved in terms of its own karma and its own processes where it's been affected where it's brought forth negative or positive results. And unfortunately, the way the chitta is, it's the, the pleasant ones are just kind of nice and it's very nice. The painful ones are, ooh, 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 you really get it, ooh, 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 you know, <laughs> it sticks in you. <laughs> you don't find yourself hopelessly overwhelmed with pleasure, generally. <laughs> you find yourself nagging doubt feeling of regret. Uh, uh, they say, well, how can I clear this? You know, you make offerings to Buddhas or something other to clear it. Mm, I wouldn't say that's, that's going to do it for you. Uh, it might, might support, but really what you've got to do, what way it could possibly support it, is if you place your mind, your citta, in the domain of Buddha. What do I mean by that? It means all the all the stuff, the painful things, unpleasant things, stupid thing that comes to mind, I open up, okay, to the Buddha. Now what do I mean by Buddha? I mean awake awareness. So the Buddha is not condemning, not praising, not creating a self out of it. That's a significant feature of Buddhas. So if you want to make an offering to a Buddha in order to clear out your past karma, make sure you get the right one. (laughs) 
And it's not going to be a statue. <laughs> that may help. But what are you doing? Place it in the light of awareness, awakened awareness. This is not self. This is a habit, this is a pattern. And that, oh. Now we can kind of contemplate the experience of things we may have done or said that we want to get rid of, we want to clear it out. Yeah. No, that isn't that, yeah, but that isn't the way you do it. You do it by the sense of um, this is karma, it cannot be taken back, it cannot be, I can't undo it. Yeah. What I can do is open the chitta around the unpleasant feeling, accept the unpleasant feeling as unpleasant feeling unpleasant feeling yeah. and begin to what's there now unpleasant feeling is there yes the person you did that to they're not there and the person who did it you that's not there. What's there? Really alive. You know, of course you can add, you can, certainly your perceptions can add people, myself was this or that, and she was this and that. Yeah, but that's like, you don't need that. That's not going to get you. You can go to the feeling. You're not denying it, but the feeling, unpleasant feeling. Unpleasant feeling. Now what does the chitta, what does it do around unpleasant feeling? Yeah. What does happen when we get unpleasant feeling? Well first we, we, no, 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 stop, contract, or scurry, fight, trying to get away. Yeah. Or push back against it. Yeah. Or just close our eyes and wait for it to pass. <laughs> You saw the reactions. See, you know, we react. Or the chitta reacts. Okay, eventually get through the reactions. <laughs> and then, oh, here we are. Stop reacting. Yeah, the possibility to stop reacting. When you stop reacting, what's happening is the sankhara, the activation, yeah, stops. When the activation stops, the sense of self is not created. Okay. Sense of self is created through the activation, the sankara is the reaction, and the grasping. This will get me out, this will, this will do this. That's what creates the sense of self. Yeah. Is the feeling that's the trigger and then the re resistance now the resistance the perception this is overwhelming I can't bear it it starts to come in the sense of me this is happening to me who's it happening to? who's this painful memory happening to? who's there? I don't see anybody but I do sense the heart being 
affected. Yeah. That's there. There's being affected. This jitta is being affected, definitely. Okay. Let's not create a person out of that. Remember, everybody in the world gets this. Everybody. There's not a single person who's not been blamed, hurt, betrayed, lost. Yeah. Everybody gets this. Where are you going to run to? Whose fault was it? It was the fault of ignorance. <laughs> right? It's not a person did that, it's ignorance took over. Ignorance took over the chitta, and then sankharas, activations started occurring based upon that ignorance, and actions happened, and then bam, you get created. And you inherit, or it's inheritance of the results of that. This is karma. So, but that the action creates the person. You know, the action is a reaction. It's not a deliberate, considered action. It's a reaction. And it creates the person who's flurried, who's guilty, who's insecure, who shouldn't be this way, who's never going to make it. They get born out of that reaction. But is it possible to not deny the feeling, unpleasant feeling, but realize <laughs> there's only three kinds of feeling, pleasant, unpleasant, and not determined. So the chances are there's going to be a good amount of unpleasant feeling happening, <laughs> just statistically. So get used to it. <laughs> you know, get familiar with the reaction we have to unpleasant feeling. I don't want it. Why should I have this? It's not fair. He doesn't have it. I get it. How long do I have to be with this for? All this reaction. It's unpleasant feeling. I mean, particularly useful when we're coming down to the unpleasant feelings of our own memories and recollections and guilt, regret. It's just the unpleasant feeling now. Now what's, your, what's the wise response, the unusual response, the wise response from the stable mind, which is just determined to be honest and straightforward yeah, and not involve itself with possibilities, but just with reality, it says, okay, got that, what can you do? You, you open up. You open. Everything says close, run away. That's the ignorance. Don't close, don't run away. Open. Unpleasant feeling feels like this. It's an energy in the heart. Yeah. And so then we, we really learn something pretty important that the average untrained person doesn't know. Feeling is just the movement of the heart. Energy. Energy pleasant, unpleasant. Yeah. Moving forward, moving backward, fluttering. Now what if that 
feeling is not pushed forward or pushed back. What does it do? It rises, it trembles, and it moves on. And it fades. And it fades. Didn't the Buddha say something about things being impermanent? (laughs) And I've been carrying this for the last 15 years. (laughs) I thought it was supposed to be impermanent. Well, it was made permanent because of the grasping and the sankharas kept bringing it back and and fixing it. If that wasn't there, painful, but the pain would arise, heart would open to it, and you get this moment and then... Oh, okay, I, 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 I give up. And the feeling passes, moves through. Wow. Hmm? So now we can recognize what I did, that was not good. That was not worthy. Remember, carelessness. Avoid this in the future. End of the guilt. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> to really, you know, to once again refer to that process simply, you get the sense of something bothering you, something annoying you, perhaps in the past or even today, don't like this, shouldn't be like that, don't see why I have to bother with that, if it was funny, I don't like it. You know, this thing keeps bothering you, okay. Who owns this world? You? <laughs> Who says it shouldn't be this way? You? <laughs> um, <laughs> unpleasant feeling? What do you do with unpleasant feeling? <laughs> let go of the perception of him or her or them or, you yeah? Yes, soften, that's not going to get you out. Just make you more righteous. And just relax that. There's nobody there in your chitta. What is there is the feeling. Irritable, disgruntled, not happy. Okay. We can begin to just accept that, not in a passive way, but in a, like you're listening to a baby crying. You don't slap it around or throw it out the window <laughs> or smother it. Just okay, here we are. I'm rocking. You know, okay, hello. You know, bit of meta, karuna, here we are. <laughs> Just, you know, fine. Everybody cries, babies cry, jitters cry, that's what they do. Okay, no problem. Just get you know, <laughs> let, it, let it move through. You know, you kind of reduce the the narrative and the scenarios that we can create and the sense of the self who's always so wounded and disappointed and frustrated whoever she is you know, who's that you know let's go to the feeling unpleasant feeling and what do we do with unpleasant feeling we open around it 
we, first of all, you probably react. Then we begin to recognize, I'm just reacting here. That's normal, everybody reacts. That's the, but finally, at some point or another, look, just let, look, let's just get, let's get realistic about this. Unpleasant feeling is going to bother me. It's going to stay with me. It's going to affect my chitta. It's going to affect my heart. Let's face it and open up to that and ask the jitta to open and bring forth its treasures and the treasures of uh, cultivator metta, karuna, mudita, upega it's uh, goodwill, compassion gladness gladness when we begin to appreciate the dhamma you know, we don't have to be frustrated and carrying burdens all the time. We can make our life light and buoyant. How beautiful. And then when we come into balance, equanimity, yeah, life rocks around. Life rocks around. I stay in the middle. Life rocks around and we are boats on the water. Mm. We are the rocking Inside the boat, you're quite comfortable. Rocking of the sea. We're boats in the water. There's always water. It's always rocking. But in the ins- within that boat, you feel quite comfortable and secure. Because you're not fighting the sea. And you're not jumping into it. <laughs> yeah. And so we need to recognize this. We're not trains. We can't just bam through we're not planes who can skip over things. We've got to we've got to sail through this karmic predicament. <laughs> this karmic predicament, having been born, yeah, having been with people, having been affected by ignorance and craving, results of that, we've got to sail through this. You can't skip it. And this is the clear way, the straight way, the honest way, the upright way to sail. Keep your keel in the water, keep your sense of stability and ethics, and keep remembering the experience you're having, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with it. You can be sure that everybody who's practiced has experienced what you're experiencing. There's nothing copyright about your suffering. Yeah, this is the territory that we move through. Yeah, this is the territory we move through. Yeah, it's it's not fantasy land, but this is what we have to move through. And with this uh, um, capacity, capable, upright, we can move through, and we bring forth in that movement. We start to realize. It encourages, it asks the chitta, come on, show up. (laughs) Stop chasing daydreams, chitta, show up. (laughs) And, you know, stand up and bring yourself forth, face up, you know, open up, bring forth your goods. And it makes the chitta stronger, richer, and more capable because of the challenges we have to meet. Yeah, this is a 
And life is continually a source of growth and strength and wisdom, purity and integrity. So, I'm offering this for your consideration.